Welcome to the Energia podcast. My name is Stephanie Lianos and I'm a light worker, an energy healer and a soul mentor. My intention with this podcast is to show you all how to access the infinite potential within you by exploring the practices, modalities and habits that transcend you beyond the limitation of the human experience. By tapping into the multidimensional aspects of our existence, we are given the opportunity to co-create a life of magic, freedom and joy, a life beyond our wildest dreams. On this podcast, I will be sharing with you the tools to connect you with your higher self, your soul and the divine guidance that exists within the spiritual realm. I want to give you the codes that allow you to heal your life from the inside out, access the wisdom that lies deep within your soul and to align your energetic frequency with whatever it is you desire in this lifetime. This podcast is a portal into the deepest corners of the subconscious, into the layers beneath the logical mind. I want to empower you to master your subconscious ecosystem so you can live in a constant state of magnetism. There is so much more to this world than what meets the human eye. And it is my mission in this incarnation to show you that you are beyond human. You are light. You are energy. You are infinite. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to today's podcast. Today's episode is an extremely special one because I have got my best friend, Molly Stewart, on as a guest. If you know Molly, you'd know she is the personification of a ray of sunshine, one of the most beautiful humans in this world, and I'm so grateful to have her in my life. Molly is the owner of two incredible businesses, Fika Floristry, a sustainable floristry business, and Falling Awake, where she teaches Satva meditation and Himalayan breathwork and Kriya. In life, Molly is honestly a true seeker of experience, living with a deep passion for growth, joy, and service. She is wise beyond her years and is on a continual journey to discover what she can about this multidimensional world and the people in it. On today's podcast, Molly and I go down a few rabbit holes about humans and consciousness and we explore the powerful life-changing tool that is Satva meditation and Himalayan breathwork and how we have both used this practice in our life to escape the matrix of the mainstream lifestyle, prioritizing freedom, abundance and ease in our lives. We both share a passion for living a life that is as much fun as possible and discuss how this incredible practice has allowed us to do so. We definitely go off on a few tangents today as best friends do. So I hope you enjoy listening as much as we love recording it. Let's get into it. Ah, Molly, my love, my best friend, my sunshine of my whole entire life. Someone asked me the other night, Lockie asked me at our, at your breathwork journey, how long have you and Molly known each other for? And I was going to say, oh, you know, like two years, we met in the surf a couple years ago, but I don't know if you were here for this. I don't know if you heard this, but I said, we've known each other for a hundred million lifetimes, including this one. And I'm like, oh my God, it so feels like that. It feels like we've been friends for so much longer than two years. I know it is crazy. And I did actually overhear that conversation and I just went, that was just the most perfect answer because I just would have been like, yeah, a couple of years. But <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's crazy when you meet someone like yourself, but we have an instant connection like that. You just know that they're 
it couldn't have just been this lifetime, you know, like there's so much depth to our friendship, which I'm so grateful for. There is so much depth and like the duality of that depth is also so much surface level talking and shit, but we so balance it out. Though. We balance it out with the depth, with you, which is so special. And when I was preparing <laughs> for this podcast, I was just like at the gym and I was just thinking about like where I really wanted to take the conversation. And the first story that popped into my head was my mom one day and she was like, Steph, you can't just have fun all the time. Like bless her soul. Mm -hmm. She's just operating from her own perception and everything that she's been through. But she's like, life just can't be fun all the time. And I remember thinking, why the fuck not? Why the fuck not can life just not be fun all the time? And this is when I was young. I've always had this, this is like younger than 10. I've always had this belief that I just want to have fun and like create a life that is fun all the time. Like why the fuck yeah. can't I just have fun all the time? Says who? Like who created this rule that we can't have fun all the time? And hundred percent. Up until I met you, no one else has really shared this vision with me. People have been like, oh, you know, like you're dreaming, you're silly. And now I'm finally tapping into that existence and I've done the work and the credit the foundations to be here. But then when I met you, I'm like, oh my God, she gets it. She gets it. You also embody and want to live this existence of a life that feels so good to be true and it is so refreshing to have someone like that in your life and in my life that never makes me feel like I'm just a fucking dreamer <laughs> oh sis I hear you so deeply on that and like it's so funny I just think it's a part of this weird world that we live in that like it has to look a certain way, as in like life has to look a certain way. You get to an age, you start to have kids or you get engaged and then you put a mortgage on a house and like you kind of, you're going on this tangent of life that is so normal, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I think um, it's such a shame that so many people lose that childlike love of the world. Like this world is magic everywhere, you know, and I think it's um, it's asking, it's asking for us to tap into that magic and it's asking for us to play and enjoy and experience this life. And, um, yeah, I see you in the exact same ways. That's, <laughs> yeah, super special. Whenever I feel like I get to bog down on life, and this is the reason I love you so much is like, I'll hang out with you and you'll just say something so observant about like the world, the magic of the world. And it pulls me straight out of, it pulls me straight out of my fucking head noise. And I'm like, yes, the world is amazing. There is so much magic around and you keep me grounded on that path of like, no, I said, I want to have a life that is fun all the time. So mm. that is what, you know, that is what we are working towards. So thank you for being mm. that reminder all the time. Oh, my dear. It's so fine. And like, I don't know, it's just about um, constantly attuning our awareness to what is important to us. And it's like, like, like a life of fun is easeful in so many ways. It's like creative, but it's like, 
attuning our awareness, if that's a core value, then it's like in each and every moment, how can I bring a little bit more fun into this? Or like what, what around me right now is bringing me a sense of joy or, um, you know, liberty in so many ways. Cause it's like, there's so much there. And I feel like my biggest fear or one of my biggest fears is like going through this life and then not, not being there for it, you know, like missing mm. it, missing everything. And then just waking up one day and being like, wait, what the fuck? What, what just happened? You know, yes. oh, my whole, my whole life just happened. Yes. The autopilot, the autopilot, the subconscious autopilot that's fucking it up for everyone. <laughs> yes. There's like a really loud siren going past as you say that. And it's like, yes, it's an, emer- it's an emergency. It's a world yes. emergency that yes. so many people are living on autopilot. <laughs> Okay, this beautifully brings me into where I want to start today because you own two businesses, you're a ray of sunshine all of the time. You have you make time to go on multiple holidays, you make time for play, for joy, for you know what makes you happy, like surfing and movement, and you still also in amongst all of this fit in like a morning practice and an afternoon practice that you know a lot of people would say I don't have time for this. And I don't think I've ever heard you say I'm stressed, like maybe once or twice in our whole friendship, which is incredible. It's not even like your go-to thing because people love to say, oh, I'm so stressed or I'm so stressed or I'm so busy. It's just like, Mm -hmm. there's this light hearted approach to everything that you do. And I would love for you to talk about like what underpins this like real stability you have underneath everything that you do and how have you got to this place of finding a way to prioritize joy and ease and love in amongst everything that you do. (laughs) Thanks, Steph. Um, That's such a lovely thing to say. I will just say first though, that like, I definitely have been stressed in my life. (laughs) I've definitely experienced many, many times of stress. And I would say that for a big chunk of my life before I met you, was filled with stress that I wasn't even aware of, you know, cause I, I was living from such a uncon or living in such an unconscious way where time was just kind of passing by. But, um, beautiful thing about our friendship is like, we kind of met each other already on the path already on this, like, <laughs> um, I don't know, journey of self-discovery. And, um, that's been super nice to like meet a friend at that level. Anyway, love you. <laughs> um but yeah so maintaining that kind of ease and joy in life I don't know I think it I think it kind of started when I was younger I think the cards I was dealt as a child were blessed in so many ways but I experienced a lot of um hardship in terms of illness and um not my own of just my family and looking back on that I mean it only really gave me this like really quick shake up of like this life is so fucking precious like Mm, it can be taken from us in like a minute, you know, we don't know when our last breath is going to be. We know when our first was, and it's like, as in our first breath. And it's like, how are we going to fill that in between, between that first breath and that last? And I think 
that I mean I lost a lot of family in my childhood and I think that just really put everything into perspective of like Mm. okay this life is meant to be lived and it's not just meant to be like experienced it like you need to put something out there you need to participate and engage in this life it's not just about like being here and watching it all go by like I said before it's like that's my biggest fear of just it all just passing me by and I mean it's both of our belief system that we've been here for many 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 lifetimes before and this incarnation like this life this life is Molly this life is Steph or whoever's listening it's like what are we here to do? What are we here to bring? And how how much can I enjoy doing that? Because like, yes, we've got shit to do. We've got karma to go through. We've got all sorts of goals to achieve, but it's like, can we enjoy it as well? Like, can we have a good, healthy life? But yeah, like in terms of staying stress-free, I'd say I ha- like I couldn't do it without my practice, my mm. practice of meditation you know I think it's 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 called a foundation practice for so many reasons but I think that's the biggest one it's like from this still space that we cultivate in the morning and in the afternoon then we can go out and engage in the world um, and respond rather than react to everything that's life that life is throwing at us you know yeah and I think that that really helps with kind of keeping it keeping it calm and like it doesn't mean that I don't experience hardship or shitty times or like really peak busy times like I'm running two businesses there's so much work involved in that but I'm also not going to be like here going like oh I've got two businesses I need to be working you know 50 hour weeks it's like hell no I'm going to show up better in my business if I take time for myself to engage with life, to do the things I love, like surfing, hanging with you, you know, having these conversations, that that gives me so much fuel mm. to show up better as a businesswoman, as a friend, as a partner, as a daughter, as a an auntie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you say like that that con- that concept of losing family at a young age, like your mom and your uncle, that that really made you realize that life can be over in an instant. And that's actually so true. Like I've never thought about it like that. I've not really had anyone in my life close to me pass away. So I've never had that like snap wake up and I used to glorify the struggle I used to love the stress and I used to take life for granted and without even realizing now when I think about it since I've met you that's one thing that I really don't do because you you are so onto it in terms of like we have to make every day as best we can and like you know we'll be surfing and the surf will be rubbish and someone will walk past (laughs) us and say how was the surf and I'll be like oh yeah it was pretty average and you're like yeah it was pretty fun I'm like I love, I love that you said that, even though that like, you know, we were out there and it's beautiful and you go automatically to this like silver lining in these moments where it's it's not necessary to dive into, into anything, into anything mm-hmm. negative. I want to circle back to your practice. So until I, so before I met you, I had done the, um, Vedic, Vedic. I did, I did the Vedic style, which is similar to Sattva, um, mantra yeah, based, med- 
Yes, yeah, mantra-based meditation. Now, before I had done that, I tried and tested a few different meditation um, protocols. I would use apps. I would just try and follow my breath, but I really never found anything that stuck. And because I didn't ever found anything that stuck, I didn't really understand why meditation was of use to me or why it was beneficial to me. And then my housemate at the time, she had done the Vedic course. So I thought, amazing. I'm going to do it. I felt the pull. And then when I got initiated into that practice, received my mantra and started doing that meditation twice a day, well, aiming for twice a day, mostly, I really began to feel the difference in my life in terms of the way that I responded to things rather than reacting to things, my presence, my general connection to spirit and source. I felt so supported. And like, if I had a day that I was off, as soon as I sat down to do my meditation and connect in, I would just feel so held and heard and safe. Now, I don't like, yes, in our community, this style of meditation is um, common and people know about it, but I actually think in like the wider um, community, mantra meditation isn't as understood or um, perhaps, you know, even widely known to be such an amazing practice. So would you be able to explain why this style of meditation is so powerful? I also was initially initiated into um, classic into Vedic meditation, which is a beautiful practice. And it's super similar to what I teach. I teach Sattva meditation. Um, Both of them are effortless transcendent mantra-based techniques where we're using a mantra, which is like a a sound or a frequency that for those that don't know, um, in order to transcend our thinking mind. And For me, I mean, there's so many different types of meditating in the world, Um, so many avenues you can go down, like guided meditations, like focus meditation where you're focusing on your breath, or maybe there's like metta, um, loving kindness meditation. There's so many. But basically with what I teach and the beauty of a mantra-based technique is we're not trying to fight against our mind in any way like our mind is full of thoughts it's part of the human condition to have so many thoughts in our mind at all times and it's not about fighting that we're not aiming for silence we're not aiming to control the mind in any way we're just trying to accept it as it is be with the isness of isness and then transcend it in order to access different states of consciousness namely our subconscious, get into our subconscious mind to start rewriting um, certain patterns and belief systems that are so deeply ingrained in us. But it's really just a practice to steer our awareness back to the present moment because every time we find ourselves off in thought in our practice and we steer our awareness back to the mantra, think of it as like, the meditation practice that we do when we're sitting down 20 minutes twice a day is like the training the training of of life right so 20 minutes is the training day for game day and game day is our life right yeah I love that yeah and it's like it's a good way to look at it because it doesn't really matter what happens in our meditation it doesn't matter about the thoughts it doesn't matter about the substance of the thoughts or what's 
going on or how deep or shallow you think you are. It's about how it's affecting our life because Mm -hmm. no one's doing it just to sit down in their room or their altar twice a day. No one, why, why would you do that? You know, there's life to be lived. Yep. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So it's like in the waking state. So in other words, it's like when we finish our 20 minutes and we open our eyes again, like that's when the, the real yoga starts. That's when the real meditation starts because it's like, okay, every time I find myself in life off in thought or stressing about something unnecessary or worrying about the future, worrying about the past, reliving things, it's like how can we catch ourselves in that moment and redirect our awareness to something that's more beneficial or like Mm. of our higher self, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're really like, we're developing mindfulness in in this kind of meditation to respond to life in a better way. And the thing that I really loved about the process was that you there's a process of initiation, you know, like you sit with someone who has been done the time and training um, to pay respect to the tradition, which I think mm-hmm. any thing that gets passed down through a special tradition or belief system to then arrive with us there's been so much beautiful energy around it so that in itself is healing like it's such a high vibrational practice and just being in the presence of that person who has who has learned and is initiating you is medicine in itself but then you get Mm. this mantra that's yours that's been specially Mm. given to you and prescribed to you and I love using the word prescribe because it's like this mantra is your medicine to bring you back to stillness so when I received my mantra Mm. and especially when I got my advanced one like I love that I got my first mantra when I was first learning the practice and it was you know, a simple, um, simple sound. And then as I went to my advanced practice, then I was able to get this beautiful new mantra, but both of them saw me for who I am and where I was. And then every Mm. time I say that mantra, it's like, I'm connected to something way bigger than me. And I'm receiving Mm. that medicine consistently within the practice, which I think is like so special. Yes. I love that recount of your experience because it's so it's so different to everyone like how how they relate to their mantra or how they relate to the practice in general and I think anything in this life can be sacred if we give it permission to be each time we take our seat sometimes we can just be in head noise and we're just like fuck what was the point in that but there's so much to it even if you're having shallow meditations or if they're deep and expansive and you feel those um, incredible connections to all things. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's amazing. And what I love about Sattva, if I can, yeah, is that it recognizes yoga as a full system. So it's like Sattva meditation, we believe is like the foundation practice. Like I was saying before, it's that thing that we always come back to, but then there are all these other techniques that we can add on to our practice, which are all encompassing and sattva recognizes that as a whole system. So when I initiate students, it's in two breath practices. So a pranayama, a kriya, and then into their own mantra. And it's, it's this beautiful 
integrated way of priming your body for meditation before you actually take your mm-hmm. seat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's also like sometimes, sometimes people who have never sat down for 20 minutes, let alone, you know, even spent any time going inwards and they take their first seat and then they hear that voice in their head for the first time. They're like, fuck this. This is not for me. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. hell no. Totally, and just, totally. You know, you just want to get up and go, but it's like, that's where it's so beautiful to introduce the breath because it it gets us out of our mind and down into our bodies and it's already transcendent in itself because we're moving beyond that thinking mind into our beautiful bodies that was the biggest benefit for me totally it was like moving from reactive states to you know more of a response or if there was a reaction yes. I was able to sit with it and look into it rather than like react off a reaction, which I think that's been, that's been one of the biggest benefits for me. And it is my foundation practice. Like even through all of the um, work that I do in terms of specific, like energy clearing, I do still meditate every single morning and I will admit that sometimes the afternoons are a bit harder for me, but it is a priority practice. There's nothing else I would do every single day consistently. And it's because 20 minutes is so easy. Like if you can't dedicate 20 minutes of your 40 minutes of your life to stillness, you got to reassess what you're doing in your life because yeah. Or you need to dedicate an hour. Yeah, (laughs) totally. If you can't dedicate 20 minutes, you need it. You need it more than anyone. Yes, totally. (laughs) And if you think about like our screen time, like I was just talking about screen time in my podcast before this one. If Mm. we look at our screen time and think that's, you know, for most people average three to five hours per day, which is like absolutely sickening, then we need to be able to Mm. fit 40 minutes of meditation in there somewhere. Otherwise, our priorities exactly. are absolutely whacked. Yes, and I'm glad you said that because, like, essentially, that's all it comes down to. What we prioritize in our life, we make time for. The, the value that um, a meditation practice gives our life, I I can't put a, a cent to it. You know, you can't put a, a a price tag on on what it gives you back in terms of. I don't know, joy of life, (laughs) ease of life. It's just, it's, it's immeasurable. It's interesting that when we prioritize meditation, it obviously has so many, so many benefits, a plethora of benefits, but the one thing as well that it's really been beneficial for me is it's helped me reassess my own priorities in terms of joy and fun and play. Before I started meditating, I really glorified the need to struggle and be busy Mm. and hustle, especially in my old corporate life, because that was a societal imprint that I had in my subconscious. It wasn't until I started meditating that I understood that that imprint was not mine, nor was it truth. So I began to reassess my priorities. And I noticed that Mm. when I don't meditate, my priorities in terms of my joy and my happiness begin to shift because my mind is so full of societal imprints that I'm not clearing it out with that practice. Mm. And I think 
why so many people get caught in the matrix is because Mm. when you don't quiet your mind to hear what your own heart and soul really wants to do, then you live your life dictated by what other people, you know, the media or just like the wider, you know, community can want you to do or make you think that you should be doing. This topic is just so near and dear to my heart because um, like I was saying at the beginning, one of my biggest fears for not only myself but for the planet is to watch life go go unlived and I, I believe it all comes back to um, our value system and essentially where we put on that value system, freedom because freedom is what allows us to to construct a better life for ourselves in so many ways. And we could probably sum it up better with um, a quote by Viktor Frankl, who was that beautiful man who wrote The Man's Search for Meaning, that, that Holocaust mm-hmm. book I was reading. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, and he... He basically says, I'm paraphrasing, but he says between stimulus and response, there is a gap. And in that gap lies our freedom to choose. And in that choice lies our freedom. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And like when I heard that for the first time, like years ago from one of my teachers, I just like everything stopped. Like it was one of those surreal moments in your body where it just went, you know, when you get goosebumps and you're just like, fuck, that's true. Like yes. that I, I know to be true because it's like, if we can cultivate this gap between stimulus and our response, so whatever it is that life is throwing at us and our response to that, he says there's a gap and in that gap lies our freedom to choose and in that choice lies our freedom. So how I'm like wrapping this up in like a really long-winded way with this matrix that we find ourselves in. It's like the world is always going to throw shit at us. There's so much going on. There's so many opinions, so many belief systems, world Mm -hmm. religions, you know, all, all these different aspects of what people take to be true. And we, we're like little sponges, right? So we, we take in all of this stuff, but the more we can cultivate the capacity to find our own stillness mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. find our own heart space and then look and see what it is in front of us, be with the isness of isness, what is actually genuinely in front of us. If the bigger that gap is, the more potential we have to make a better choice, to choose for our, you know, our future, to make better choices for the people around us, for um, Mother Earth who has no voice, you know. It's yeah, like, it's so true. And the more we cultivate that, it's like in that choice lies our freedom because we need, we need to be able to make decisions for ourselves in order to participate in this life free. And basically I, I was listening to this interview the other day of this woman and she said, true freedom is only when we're free of fear. And I just was like, it was another one of those sentences where I was just like, yes, that's it. Because fear is, fear is this force field that's like holding us back from the life that we 
want to live, you know? Yeah, I feel that. I feel that so much. I've had to overcome so much of that, like through my own life. So that resonates with me so deep. Yeah. And, and, and it's everyone, right? Like we're anything that we want to do in our life, if we just have to overcome fear in order to achieve it, because it's fear of the unknown, fear of what other people will think, fear of, I don't know, society, fear of failure, fear of doing any of these things. But it's like, what, what is that doing to us? What's that doing to this life, this incarnation? It's just holding us back in so many ways. Definitely. Um, and fear is, fear is the, one of the most contagious vibrations, unfortunately. And mm. I love that you're bringing up fear because fear is something that dissolves when you sit in practice because you connect to what is more than us. You connect to the divine and to spirit and to source and you can hear your higher self. You can hear your own truths and you begin to realize that the fears that you may feel might not be might not be yours. And it allows exactly. you to have more compassion for those who exist in in a reality where fear is fear is necessary because they are in fight or flight and they have to fight or flight for their lives. So then you can show yeah. up better for those people and be more compassionate and giving and caring to to those who don't have the ability to sit in silence for 40 minutes per day we're all on this path. We're all going to fuck up. We're all going to make mistakes. And it's like, can we have compassion for ourselves and for others in, in, in this path to liberation and liberation is freedom, you know? And it's, yeah. I love that. And the, the concept of separation is Mm. something that I will admit before I, you know, came on this journey or did started doing the work and the practice and meditating, I really was so ingrained in like, I am separate from everyone else. It was, it was easily irritated. Like conflict came, you know, easily to me. I would find reasons to get frustrated at people. And, and it was, you know, definitely part of one of the shadows that I have worked through, but like, through the yes. practice of meditation, because we are sitting in silence and reconnecting to the oneness, that concept of separation mm. really begins to dissolve and it makes life so much easier, like to take all of the real deep approach out of it. If we think about it just on like a day-to-day, like really human practical experience, not feeling like you're separate from everyone, God, it makes life so much nicer and less stressful and you're just calmer and you just can mm. see things with a, with, with a smile and with laughter rather than feeling like you have to fucking get angry at every person who maybe does something that you don't agree with in some way. Yeah, and, and that essentially you're not alone. Like doesn't matter how like lonely you feel we're all fucking figuring it out you know Mm. we're all trying our best to like you know make something of this life or like if we're not we're probably suffering because we don't even realize that we've we've got a life to live so it's like 
that's the illusion of separation. And I know that you had a experience in your meditation practice. It would have been like six months ago now, right? Maybe mm. yeah, around then. Can you tell everyone a bit about that beautiful unity experience that you had in your meditation practice? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was definitely special. Um, I will just like say beforehand that um, when we're meditating, we're not seeking any sort of experience to happen. There is no expectations for whatever practice, um, uh, sorry, for whatever will come out of our practice. We can never think our way into any of these um more expanded states we can't go like oh I'm not there I'm not there I'm not there or like here I go here I go I'm dropping in or whatever it's like they come when um your mind or you're totally surrendered to that present moment so I just wanted to say that because if like people have been meditating for you know five years and they're like well I've never had something like that I'm not doing it right and it's like no 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 it's like yeah not about that at all yeah yeah so I was listening to a a lecture from my teacher in India who I haven't met yet in person but I I call him my teacher because it's his lineage I guess Anand Anand Marotra And I was listening to a lecture of him and it was so deep and so profound and so many just like light bulb moments, aha moments were happening. And I think he was blowing himself away in the talk because he was just kind of like, whoa, this is going (laughs) a a lot deeper. And he's like making lots of jokes, which is (laughs) awesome. But he pretty much said, okay, I think, I think we'll just stop it here and just go meditate on, on what you've just taken in sort of thing. And it was such a beautiful lesson of like there's only so much we can take in at one one point mm. and then we've got to go and like sit in it and like process it and be like okay what what did I just learn there or what what was that what what triggered that sensation in my body or why am I feeling the way I am right now so that that was a beautiful lesson on top of all the other things that he gave um, that day, but basically I sat, I sat there in this space and <clears throat> what came over me essentially was like many, many a thing, but like <laughs> <laughs> this like overwhelming gratitude for what I had just learned in so many ways, but for exactly where I was at in that moment, how far I'd come and then what everything that had led to that moment of greater understanding, expanded awareness. And I just sat in this space of full receptivity and all sorts of crazy things were happening in my body, like energy from my spine or flooding my body with light and warmth. And I was crying. I was hysterically laughing. I (laughs) I, oh, it's all, so! I have the best mental picture of you just in your living room, just losing it, <laughs> just having like. If anyone walked in, like they would be like, "Are you okay? Wait, you're, you're happy? Wait, are you?" Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot going on, but basically, it was just this this crazy thing. And I, I set my normal timer for like twenty minutes, and 
when I came out, it had been like two and a half hours of just, I don't, I don't know what, but all I felt in that time was there was no boundary between where Molly as a vessel, as a body ended and where everything else began, you know, that it, the veil was so thin that it was, it was like a remembering, a, a, a reliving what was once known probably in a past life or something of just like this experience, this, this life that we're living is just, is just beauty. It's just beauty and love. And, and I, I, I struggle with the word love, like, Oh, it's all love. It's all light and shit because it's just like, it just doesn't feel true to me, but like mm. be, or it, I know it to be true, but it, it doesn't sound true based off like what capitalism has done to the word love but yeah 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 story. just coming just coming off valentine's day that's an absolute yeah, yeah. Hole. we could go down yeah yeah that's so true but it's like <laughs> it's like beauty rings true zach bush another one of my teachers he says like you don't have to teach a kid to look at a sunset and experience beauty like you don't have to point at something and go oh, that sunset is beautiful. It's just a felt experience. And I think that's the soup that we're living in. We're living in that, that sense when you just know something to just be like, oh, you're just taken away, like your breath is taken away by, by beauty. I think that's, that's what that experience was. It's very, very, very hard to put words to um, an experience like that. Um, and I'm super grateful that I had it and I didn't come down from that for like three days and it was, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And two of my, my dearest friends and like biggest inspirations to me, they, they were rolling into Avalon that afternoon and like out of anyone that could have walked into my life on that day, those two people just like were the perfect um, soundboards because they they get it in so many ways and they just let me <laughs> they, just, they, just, let, they just let me love up everything <laughs> and everyone and it was just yeah epic it just sounds like you ate like a hero dose of mushrooms and in your living room yeah I love that it was you know from from your practice from your mantra and I didn't even say my mantra. I did not even say my mantra. Oh, what? You just sat in, you just like closed your eyes and then you're off in another dimension. I I literally sat and I remember this like, like overwhelming sensation coming up from the base of my spine and rising up. And these three mantras came to me. First one was Aham Prakasha, which is I am light. Aham Prema, as it went up to my heart, it was just like, you can't see my hands, but I'm like growing up my spine. Aham um, Prakasha, I am light. Aham Prema, I am love. And then it got to my head and my crown, Aham Brahmasmi, which is I am totality. And it just like erupted from my head and tears, like laughter, everything just fucking flowing out of me. And it was just like, I mean, that's pretty full on for your listeners, but... No, they will love it. I know. It's so And I hadn't heard those mantras in like 
since you know doing careers back in my teacher training like and they just again it's like it's not the label it's not like I am love I am light I am it was like the felt sense of like my body literally filling up with the frequency the energy that is love that is light and realizing that that's what we are like we are that um that frequency we all are (laughs) yes and I love that you just brought up that like the energy of it because obviously the work that I do is you know very heavily energy healing and like my whole podcast is about energy medicine and I was actually about to ask you like how does this practice affect our frequency and our vibration and obviously there's that one scale where like your body like you completely alchemized your vibrational state at that sense and you went to you know the top of that beautiful scale unconditional love source energy consciousness that energy Mm -hmm. but I guess on like an everyday day-to-day experience what begins to happen and I'm sorry if this is a big question but like what begins to happen within the body why do we heal why do we shift energy when we sit down to meditate it's hmm. a beautiful question I'll answer in saying like I think this is why sattva yoga as an integrated system is so powerful because I believe meditation and I think this is also why Steph you have um taken to meditation so much as your foundation practice like you were saying before it is your non-negotiable every day in the morning which is amazing and most afternoons you're good at the afternoons I know <laughs> yeah that. sometimes I fall asleep but I'm she dying. loves a nap <laughs> <laughs> she loves a nap all good um but yeah so it's like we recognize it as the foundation and then there's all these other modalities including breath work and kriya which are what I would think um or I would suggest are the more energetically healing kriya literally um is a sanskrit word that means the yoga of electricity and energy so pause there i did not know that yeah that's amazing this conversation no the yoga of electricity and energy is that what yeah is that what you just said yeah yes oh my god okay so like you can continue (laughs) (laughs) no it's good it's like there's all these different limbs of yoga and Kriya is yet yeah, the, the yoga of electricity and energy. And when I say energy, we're working with our energetic system with prana, mm. which is mm. life force, you know, mm-hmm. in Chinese medicine, it's chi. I just start. I'm thinking about my own work and I'm thinking about your work. And <laughs> this is why I think it's so such a beautiful overlay. Our, our, our paths have crossed in because we're, we're working with the same system, but in different ways. And what I love about um, breath work, like pranayama and kriya is like, we're getting out of that head, like mm. out of our head, out of our thinking mind and taking it down into the body, into, you know, somatic healing where, yeah. where we don't have to think, we don't have to talk. Again, it's not about the labels. It's not about the stories. It's not about the narrative behind why we are the way we are. It's about getting it the fuck out of our system. Yes, and, I completely agree with that. And sometimes like for me, I, I, I don't know always, I don't always have the words around 
um, what I'm feeling. I've, I've never been able to articulate to others what I'm genuinely feeling and I've found it, obviously your work has helped me so much and I'm sure we'll get into that at some point today, but it's like breath work for me and Kriya for me, Pranayama and Kriya have been so instrumental in healing because it's, I don't have to think, I don't have to explain anything to anyone. Each time I sit and each time I move my body in a way and breathe, like manipulate my inhalations and exhalations and introduce different mantras with Kriya as well, where we're going straight into that energetic system to be able to clear our body of everything we've taken in yeah I like to I like to think of our body as the digestive system of our experience Mm. so like everything we're taking in on our mind level in a sensory level like um sight taste smell whatever all of the things we're taking it in and that which we can't integrate our body digests it so how can we get into the body and clear shit by way of thought we just can't so that's where the breath comes in it's been just so so crazy how much um how quickly my transformation with things like anxiety and um pretty much anxiety that was that was my biggest thing Mm, mm, how mm. how quickly that energy has been transmuted through through the power of harnessing my breath Yes. So, so with sattva, you've got like your, is it before, before you actually sit down for your meditation, you do like a yoga sequence and then a breath sequence, and then you sit down to meditate. Is that the way that that works? So you're like shifting the energy around in terms of actually at that body level. And then when you sit down, you've, you've really, you know, allowed the system to get to a place of peace, calm and release already. Yes, exactly. And then some days if it's like, you know, you're having a really crazy day and you're just like so much going on, like, you know, people like clients are doing this or like your business or like, I don't know, your family is at your whatever. And then you go to sit down and you've just got like a billion things on your mind and you go to meditate. It's not going to, you're not going to be able to switch off. So it's about like, okay, let's, let's, take in again let's be present what am I Mm -hmm. actually experiencing right now what's in front of me okay my mind's going crazy so would it be more beneficial for me right now to sit and just stay in this or would it be more beneficial for me to breathe and move some of this energy maybe I need to move my body maybe I need to like I don't know maybe I need to stretch a bit or or breathe do a Korea, breathe yeah breathe heaps yeah do fucking heaps of it and then and then it's like after that maybe that's enough and that's okay it's not a about guilt of like oh, I should be meditating it's like no 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 listen to your body and then not I I mean 80 percent of the time after you've done a breath practice, you're going to be like, okay, I, I do actually want to take my seat now and then anchor back down and just transcend what you've just done. You know, it's not about, you know, these deep expansive meditations, like Zen, like no thought, no mind. I am one with fucking everything. It's like, no, it's just like, 
a, a sense of relief and um, inner peace, really. Yes, yes. And I think like when we think about the mantra, like when we sit down and, you know, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but the mantra is a vibrational frequency. Like it's a, it's a sound that holds a specific vibration. Is that correct? Yes. When I think about it from, you know, cause I think about everything in like terms of vibrational frequency, like mm. that mantra itself and all of the energy and history that is behind it, that mm. mantra is infused with a healing vibration. So not only is your body reacting to the sound therapy and sound healing is such a, you know, it's such a potent medicine, then also yeah. you're, you're feeling you're alchemizing into a high vibrational state just because of the mantra. So all of these things together, it's just like the best thing that you can do for your energetic system. And the thing that I love about it is once you're initiated into it, you can do it at home yourself every single day. And you, you know, for you, I know that you are very self-led in terms of your own healing journey. Like, you know, you'll come to me or to other healers for like, you know, big stuff that needs to be shifted, but because you have such an integrated energetic practice, you have this beautiful baseline of if shit comes up, you know, it's going to be cleared. If shit comes up, you know, it's going to be cleared. So it keeps you at this like really beautiful um, energetic vibration for most of the time. And then, you know, you can gauge when maybe something comes up that is more than your, more than your practice at that time. Yes, exactly. And I, I yeah, I love that you said that about um, the mantra. It carries this supremely sacred frequency that allows us to go into these states and essentially to heal because yeah this this mantra is a sound that it's a seed sound it's a it's a sound of creation and um it carries such a potent medicine for for everyone and yeah, being able to relate to it in that way. It's just about how effortless can I be with my mantra in in the practice? Like when we forget that potency, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's so easy to forget that because we can sit there and we can be like saying our mantra and be like, okay, I have not even said my mantra or like I'm off in thought for so long. It's like, you know, this bringing this effortlessness into it. That's why it's called an effortless mantra-based transcendent technique. It's like I love that ha, so much. Ha, such a tongue twister, though. And I'm like, I know teaching you've students, done it I'm well. Like, wow. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of being in the Satvo tradition, of you know, being initiated into this practice and the you know the Kriya practices as well, is that there is more than just meditation, breathwork, and yoga. Um, there is this other uh, way of working with the practice and that is with goddesses. And mm. that's one of my favorite things that we did last year was working with um, the goddess Lakshmi, the goddess of abundance and calling in her support through, um, through ritual, through japa and mantra. And I, you had talked about it, like through your course, like that you were working with different gods and goddesses, which is incredible. But until I felt the pull to work with Lakshmi, I really didn't understand like the potency of, of that work. So could you, you know, maybe go into 
why we work with different goddesses, like how it's, how it helps our practice, how it helps us and kind of just like shed the light on this, um, on this part of, you know, the practice and healing and energy medicine, because it all still plays in to, to this whole, I guess, topic. Mm, Definitely. Yeah. It was so funny when I was like working with them all and I was telling you about it and I just could tell that you were just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) But then like, I just was like, she, as soon as she experiences this, it's gonna, it'll, she'll get it. And, um, but basically, um, in sattva, in, in this tradition, this lineage, we work with different energies and I like to call them energies because that, that is all they are there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they might look like gods and goddesses um, on paper, like because we're humans and us humans, we need to, we find it easier to create a visual around something that we don't quite understand. And yeah, definitely. Um, when we work with energies um, like gods and goddesses, I like to bring up as well that it's like we're working with masculine and feminine energies not a a female goddess or a male god Mm. because essentially we are all masculine and feminine beings like we have this um beautiful dynamic within each and every one of us that is this this tie-in of both those energies and when we can cultivate a balance between masculine and feminine is when we see our potential fully bloom and start to blossom, you know? So we work with different energies. We worked with Lakshmi and Lakshmi, for example, she's the goddess of abundance. She is the goddess of love, of joy, of all things sweet in this life. She is she is the value of Shri behind her, which is of beauty of, of the finer things. She is the sparkle. She is the, the, the twinkle in someone's eye. She is the, the, the glisten on the ocean. She is all, all that's beautiful in this life is, is Maha Lakshmi. And we can work with her to invoke that within ourselves because like I said before, we've got all of these masculine and feminine energy, or we've got these two masculine and feminine energies, but we have all of these different deities within us as part of our our true self. And it's about um, drawing them in when we feel like we're, you know, we're not really seeing the love in every day or we're not really seeing the beauty around us. Things are looking really dark and bleak and, you know, we need a bit of um, a reminder of what actually is because sometimes we can get very clouded in how we see the see the world based off our, our present experience of it. So we can invoke these um, these deities by, as you said, through japa practice, which is like um, using mantra, uh, mala beads and we're repeating their mantra to invoke their their qualities and enliven them within our life. And it is supremely powerful. And we work with all different deities for different reasons. Like 
Lakshmi's twin sister is Saraswati and she's the goddess of wisdom, of flow, of effortlessness. Um, she's she's knowledgeable and we can invoke her when we're, you know, about to do a podcast. Yes, which we, she, we this practice. Yes, we invited her into the room. And it's funny, I'm just going to interrupt for one second. Before yeah, yeah. the podcast, I pulled a card and I just said, you know, spirit guides, I'm just going to pull a card. Tell me what um what you've got for me. And the card that came out was flow. And I was oh. like, that's random. I mean, like, I can understand why that would come up, but I feel like the- I don't find that random at all. I'm like, that's that's flow of conversation. That's yeah, like- it's so true. So true. I didn't actually think of it that way. Actually, I was just like, oh, I just I think I had an expectation of like a certain card I was gonna get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's funny, like when we you say Saraswati and then you say flow, and then we brought her into our podcast where we invited her energy in. I just feel like mm. that was so synchronistic and yeah yes I love that too divine divine intervention but yeah that it that's like another example of like whatever we deem to be sacred can be and like it's like how how sacred can we treat ourselves how much can we value ourselves enough to want to bring in abundance to want to bring in love beauty wisdom all of that because essentially that's what we're doing we're we're treating our own vessel as sacred and inviting these qualities in because we believe that in order for us to show up in the way that we want to as our higher self and contribute to this world in the best way possible, sometimes we need a little bit of support. Sometimes we need a bit of encouragement of like, oh, wow, I I am so fucking abundant in my view on life and my life is so full of blessings and magic and da-da-da-da. And sometimes like, oh, Lakshmi, you know? And yes, I love, I mean, we do this all the time. And like, you know, our partners do it now and our friends do it. When the ocean is sparkling, we're like, oh my God, Lakshmi. Like, Lakshmi. thank you yeah. for making this ocean sparkling and the surf perfect. Like, thank you. Yeah. And I think that when we begin to do this work and get into the world of energies and frequency and vibration and really commit to that practice, we are blessed with the knowledge and the experience that there is so much out there to support us. There is so mm-hmm. much more than the human experience. And how cool is it to invoke the quality of a goddess or a, you know, a deity or have these energies within us and mm-hmm. to know that these archetypes live within all of us and to get their support to unlock whatever it is they they hold within us is so cool and my life dramatically changed when we did our Lakshmi practice and you Mm. know when people hear the word abundance they automatically think money and I'm not going to pretend that 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 wasn't a byproduct of or one of a a thought that I had going into this but Mm. the concept of abundance in my life, I just noticed so much more. Like I'd go for a walk and I would see flowers and I would message you and be like, oh my God, these flowers are so beautiful. And that's not a normal thing for me to do that. I just Mm. noticed the abundance in nature, the abundance whenever we would surf or I would look at the ocean. And Mm. during that process, the money bit completely fell away because I was so just 
really obsessed with the concept of a, abundance in so many other facets of my life. And then like beautifully as a byproduct of that, like, yes, there was an increase and in flow of money in my life. But mm. I do see it as a reminder of when we see abundance in everything else and forget about forget about like the money side of it, that real human side of it. We are, we just become such, you know, such an open vessel. Oh, I'm just, this is just music to my ears, Steph. Like I will just also quickly say that when you did the, the Lakshmi practice, I saw such a huge shift in your day-to-day state, like the way in which you found joy in your day from that that point it was like it was that acceptance or that remembering of all these beautiful things that are already in your life that not necessarily yours like you'd be sending me photos of flowers on the street when you were walking and stuff I'm like oh my god Molly like look at this flower and like (laughs) for any of you flower people out there they were grevilleas like they're literally on every tree on every street ever oh my god so true and I never noticed it I did you never notice it yeah and they're everywhere and it's like about attuning our awareness in the present moment again to exactly what it is that's in front of us and that is forever and ever infinitely abundant and it kills me like (laughs) oh I know what you're about to say (laughs) when I go on Instagram and it's like people are saying like be clearer on your vision board about like the things that you want in your life, like about more money, more cars, more clothes, more da 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 da. Yes, we can have nice things. We can have all these incredible um, additions to our life, like cars, clothes, people, whatever. We can call these things in. Yes, absolutely. But we have to stop linking that with abundance because abundance is a state of being and it's essentially, it's a state of gratitude gratitude to that is all encompassing of everything we already have because all we will ever need in this life is within us and that's just fact because we are such incredible things you know humans Mm. we're so unbelievably talented beautiful um you know funny creatures that we need to remember our divine nature. We are source. We are energy. And, you know, essentially what is money? It's just an energetic exchange. We didn't used to have money exchange. Like goods and services, like our yeah, time. Goods and, and services. Exactly. And then money got brought into the picture. And now it's like our Western minds have just fixated on that. It's another label for us. We love a fucking label. <laughs> and it's label. just... It's just part, it's part of the illusion of separateness again, really, because it's like, oh, I'm lacking or I don't have enough because at the end of the day, all you need is like food, water and smiles. Yes. <laughs> no, you need like food, water and like connection yourself, you know, connection, people, It none of it comes down to money and like. I genuinely believe that I am the wealthiest person in the world. Like I genuinely believe it. Because I will back that up in saying that 
you do you do think that and you do act like that and it's so magic yeah because like I believe I'm the wealthiest person in the world because I'm surrounded by so much good so much good so much beauty and love and people that bring out the best in me and inspire me to be a better person a better version of myself and I cannot think of something that's more of value yes I hope everyone is just so inspired by your words because like this is how I feel every day of my (laughs) of my life and um what I will say is interesting like when you said when you first were talking about you know, working with the goddesses and like, like my receptivity was probably a bit like surface level. And I think it's really important to note that oh, this is what I believe anyway, that when it's time for you to work with these, with these energies, you will be called. You can't just go out and like, look up Lakshmi and then decide that it's time. Like you can, you can, you know, find ways to bring them into your life in really respectful and honoring ways. But like I was initiated into that Lakshmi Japa Mm. practice. I'm about to start doing work with, you know, goddess Isis. And I didn't just wake up one day and think I'm going to do that. It's like, there's like this deep calling that won't stop. And it led me to people who were going to help me do that work with her. So I think it's really Mm. important to, um, really honor like the lineage and the practice. And if you've been feeling called to certain energies or angels or spirit guides or whatever it is, like put it out there, be open to getting support to find your way there, but allow it to come to you rather than like going out and like searching for it um, Mm -hmm. from a place of lack. Yes. I love, I love that what you've just brought in because it's we often find as well I guess it's Hindu goddesses and gods uh even though like sattva isn't a religion in any way we just I think um when we when we see these gods and goddesses we in the west we immediately think about religion and it's 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 so much more than that um but we find what we find when we start to inquire is we're drawn to specific ones. Like I said before, like Saraswati, I was so drawn to that energy because I love studying. I love um, bettering my knowledge and, and really getting stuck into um, different topics and ideas. And I think, you know, that drew me to her and she was the first one that I was initiated into. And there's just so many. And I also just want to really quickly say that, if you're a man, you can work with Lakshmi, you know, if you're a woman, you can work with Shiva or Ganesha, you know, it's not, again, it's not a masculine feminine thing. It's about, we are both and we want to cultivate both in order to, to live in the most um, balanced way. There's definitely a better word than balance, but (laughs) that's the one I've got. (laughs) Yeah. Love that. You did, we did our Lakshmi work together and then you also did Saraswati has there been any other um, energies that you've worked with or that you've like maybe feel called to work with uh yeah I've done a a lot of work with Carly Ma oh (laughs) Carly so many people will know Carly yeah oh so many people know Carly and then so many people won't know they know Carly but they've experienced Carly she is 
fierce. <laughs> she's gangster. She, she's gangster. She so I love gangster. her. <laughs> there is no bullshit with her. Like she cuts the shit so quick. She will whoop your ass into shape just to show you how much she loves you. You know, she's like, she's the, she's the mother of um, destruction and destro- destroying anything, keeping us from experiencing ourselves as we are, which is beautiful, infinite beings. And she is the the destroyer of the ego. She she has like a wreath of skulls around her her neck that represent all the egos she's taken. And she's yeah, she's a if that if that is not the most gangster thing I've ever heard in my life. She wears a skull, a necklace of skulls <laughs> around her neck for all the egos she's taken like oh, yeah she's God. getting that hold on I've got my um I'm actually I've been working with her a lot more she's on my my puja table now but yes. this is my favorite photo of her like, yes her. I love she's it like, all the red in the picture I everyone just, should go and google Carly right now is there a dead yeah. person on the floor yeah she's standing on him because she's just like fuck <laughs> with me fuck with me <laughs> I will fuck with you <laughs> Uh, and when you were working with Carly I actually remember this when we were up (laughs) were we in Byron or and that trip and you had like the week from hell with people fucking yelling at you (laughs) so many random people like judging me making like just (laughs) so many tests of my ego and I, I I would say I did pretty well you did and it was a reminder of like yeah, just the ego <laughs> can get real, real thick sometimes. <laughs> real dense. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to her. I like to um, credit meditation to me connecting with my soul purpose. And I mean, my purpose on this earth is to find joy and happiness. But on that end, I mean, to connect with my mission in terms of being a healer and helping people improve their lives and, you know, connect with their higher selves. Hence, of course, this podcast and all the work that I do. Now, (laughs) when you started meditating a lot, like you were, you were, you know, doing your floristry work, which was amazing and you were loving it, but you were kind of teetering out of it. And then you started going deep into your meditation practice. I remember you were like, oh, I'm just going to start meditating again. And then you started meditating and then like 60 days later, you were like, I'm going to do meditation teaching. And like this work for you is like so deeply assigned with your like mission and your purpose. Tell me what, what happened in those like first 60 days? What did you, you know, what beliefs did you come to? What, how did you go from like, you know, being this, just, you know, just doing your floristry to then going like, boom, let's do this work as well. Yeah. I'll say just really quickly before before the meditation thing came, like where the floristry comes in, because I've actually now looking back, there's a there's a much bigger purpose to the floristry than I mm. than I thought. So I went traveling, classic, all the good things happen when you're traveling. Yeah. Or like self-realization. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm an independent woman. This is yeah. amazing. <laughs> Anyway, um, 
so I went traveling for a couple months solo in Europe, did a couple months with my best friend um, for three weeks and then did the rest of it alone. And then flew to Nepal, spent a month with my love there and then flew to Indo after that. And we did a month there and it was just incredible trip. Prior to that trip, I had been in hospitality for so long and like, just like slaving away, loving it, loving being around people and like loving you know being involved in people's lives in that way but just investing so much energy into somebody else's thing yeah and I I wasn't aware of it you know and then I went traveling and then I was like oh this is what life is supposed to be like like seeing the day enjoying the day (laughs) not being in four walls in a day um but yeah so I had this that grief that comes at the end of a a holiday and you're on your way home and you're like, Oh my God, back to reality. And I just made a promise to myself of like, in terms of work, you are not going to do anything that does not feed your soul anymore. Mm. And like, it it wasn't even an idea from me really. It, that was just like, that was non-negotiable the universe or whatever source or divine maybe it was me I don't even know but it was like you are not going to do something it was Carly your soul yeah Carly's like bitch (laughs) step back in and make one more coffee I will slice your ego (laughs) yeah yeah anyway so I was like okay well what is it that I enjoy in this world and then I was like okay I really like flowers and then that's kind of where that all started yeah which is beautiful, beautiful business, my little baby. Um, and then as that started to grow, what I found was I had spent so much time in hospitality, being around people all the time. And then I was just in this one woman show business by mm. myself, spending so much time alone that I was like, so present with the head noise in my head and like everything that was arising for me and what was coming up in those states of being alone Mm. was like, okay, I've, I've got a lot of work to do in terms of like where I want to go. I want to evolve. I'm feeling this really big call to step up now. Like I'm, I'm stagnating and I know that feeling in my body and I know when I'm being stagnant and I know that that's not this life for me. Like this life is again to be lived. So get the fuck up and do something about it. (laughs) Yes. I love it. So that's when I came back to my meditation practice and then everything just divinely started falling into place. And I realized that when I was doing my work, like I would get up uh, early, go to the flower markets, get all my flowers, unpack them. And as I'm working, I've got all this time to like listen and to study as I was making up all these arrangements. So I was like, so deep in like Buddhist studies, mainly in that time of like going into mindfulness meditation, all these other forms of Mm. understanding our mind and evolving our consciousness to the point of like almost obsession. Like I I went really, really deep in that rabbit (laughs) hole as I was getting really serious in my own daily practice. And then it just like, it was day 66 that I just went, I committed to 60 days twice a day, 
meditating. And then it was day 66 because it just, at that point, it just became second nature. It just clicked in me that like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because essentially my Dharma in this life, one of, but I believe I'm here to help people in a way of enlivening that spirit within them and Mm. showing people like you don't have to suffer in this life in a way that that's not the word you don't have to be at the at the liberty of your thoughts feelings emotions or whatever you can find resilience you can push through resistance you can overcome whatever it is that life is throwing at you and you can find joy in it so being a teacher was just that next kind of phase and that's kind Mm. of where that flew in and then it's like I look back and I'm like I wouldn't have been able to go that deep in my own practice had I not started Fika my flower business so you know it's they've all got a they've all got a a little I don't know stepping stone step you said that in one of our um in one of our sessions yeah yeah you were like it's just a stepping stone to allow you to do what it is that you're genuinely called to do yes and I remember because we were in the car driving to Byron from Crescent when your car when your car was broken (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's not even about it (laughs) and you were saying like you know I'm getting really deep into my meditation practice and I feel like there's more like I feel like I want to go talk to my mentor and teacher Marcus about it and I remember watching you go from you know your floristry business to then realizing that it was that next level and it was just like such a beautiful progression of your meditation and you were so dedicated like even when we were in a way and we had you know had a few beers the night before like you still got up you still did your meditation you still did mm-hmm. your practice and I think it's a really good reminder to anyone who may be feeling stagnant stuck confused that Molly didn't come and same with me didn't come to really understand um you know her dharma or my dharma through doing things it was through learning and practice Mm -hmm. and stillness that is where the the answers come from so if you are listening to this and you are stuck on your, your next step or perhaps you need an answer to a question rather than look for anything new just try to sit in silence and journal and examine. And if you find yourself a lot of spare time, do what Molly did, you know, try and educate yourself with a, some sort of, you know, I guess, knowledge that is ancient and wise Mm. that comes from, yes, something dense as you call it, Mole, because the answers and the, the stepping stones will, will be found in that place for sure. Yeah. And I think like, we live in a time where technology is very fucking present, (laughs) but like, let's use it. Or like how many books are there out there? Like, this is why I started the book club this year. It's like, there is so many people who have done this path before, like not this path as in like the human experience, like they've lived and what can we learn from those that have been before us? And better yet, what can we learn from the, ancient sages of the world that who who embody 
who embody love, who embody kindness, who embody compassion, who embody joy. Like any, like look at the Dalai Lama. He's hilarious. He's <laughs> laughing all the time. He's in a state of bliss and he's so compassionate and his message is, you know, love, you know, and it, it all just comes back to, to that and like looking to those people as inspiration rather than like I don't know the Kardashians or like <laughs> yes yes no beef but like <laughs> don't come after us Christian yeah <laughs> just just like let's just be a little bit more mindful with what we're what we're putting into our minds because um yeah that our minds are powerful things and and how we then like what goes in will come out and so it's like how let's let's clean up and refine what we're intaking in all in all senses like the yes, food we're eating definitely. everything we're doing what we're consuming um the people we're surrounding ourselves with I, so I feel so blessed Steph to have you as my sister Aww. in this life because it's I like you. I love you <laughs> but it's like finding people that bring out that 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 thing inside of you that you know to be true and is just dying to get out because it's it's so easy to to let it all go by I heard sorry I know we're really over time no keep going babe go nuts I'm here for it I heard this incredible quote the other day I was going for a walk after dinner and it was like that beautiful golden hour and it was just like all the magic I've told you I think that's like the most magical time of day like that dusk twilight zone like I just something that's a portal that is a (laughs) portal (laughs) that is Lakshmi that is Lakshmi that's I don't even that's like shiver that's like all anyway whatever (laughs) um uh yeah this man was saying most of us live two again I'm paraphrasing but most of us live two lives the life we're living and the unlived life within us. And between these two lives, the only thing there is resistance. We have this life that we're actually living. And then it's like this whole fucking magnificent life that we dream of. Like we are saying, we, we've both bonded on the fact that like, we want a life that is too good to be true because that is possible for all of us. Yes. You know? So it's like the only thing stopping us from living that life is resistance and like this was the first year that I didn't make like a list of new year's resolutions and my only thing this year is lean in lean into discomfort lean into resistance and it just keeps showing up and then I heard that that um that saying and it's like resistance is this force of nature that we all experience it's this ever pervading force and on the other side of it is bliss, you know, that's freedom. That's yes. fucking freedom. Yes. And this is why we meditate and this is why we breathe and this is why yes. we heal. <laughs> and to bring it back, this is why we do all of this because resistance is not an our natural state of being. It is something that yeah. we absorb. It is something that gets created within us um, through trauma. And this is why this yeah. medicine, these practices these energetic practices are so important because your resistance becomes something that 
is no longer you. It is just something that you experience and you can transmute it and alchemize it and move through it. And I love that you finished with a quote because I was actually going to say, can you say that quote again from before? But this is, that's the quote. Yeah, that's the quote, eh? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. And I just think, like, the more we can... This, this man that said it, he also said, like, instead of saying affirmations in the morning now, I ask myself when I go to sleep, have I overcome resistance today? And I was like, that is so fucking amazing because, again, resistance is this, like, force field that we're, um, or it's a force of nature that's working against us. And every time we overcome it, Every time we step beyond it, it's just joy and like bliss and expansion and growth and, you know, evolution of our consciousness, which is like the fucking bee's knees. <laughs> yeah, which you know? is why we are here. This is why we are here. And, um, yeah, a lot of these practices, like, okay, your, your work, I'm sure so many clients before they sign up to your work have resistance. Oh, yeah, they do. They tell me all the time. They're like, I feel so much resistance to doing this. I'm like, yes, that's the magic. That's it. (laughs) Because it's like we, we resist what's good for us. We resist sitting down in the afternoon to meditate. We resist, um, you know, exercise. We resist eating healthy, overeating something shitty and like, you know, whatever, but it's like resistance is such a beautiful trigger warning that it's like, okay, if I'm resisting this, then that means I actually want it because we don't, we don't resist anything we don't want because it just, it just would, it would just go straight by. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I do. I think that's a really beautiful way to finish as like a really nice reminder is like, Mm. what areas of life do you feel the most resistance in and how can you lean in or what support do you need to call in to overcome it and know that your resistance is not a fact, it's a state, it's a, it's a message to be deciphered. And if you can move through that like who knows what's on the other side but I'm just laughing in my head because next time the surf is massive and you want me to paddle out you're gonna say just lean in like we talked about the podcast and I'm gonna say fuck you it's good it's good you need you need people to push you you push me in so many ways I can't even tell you and I just want to say I know we're so over time but your work has just been so instrumental in um, me finding clarity around my behaviors, like the mm. way in which I I can't see from the outside perspective how I'm limiting my own self. And yes, you, you come in and you just, you speak to my body and my body tells you she's fucking doing it again. She's <laughs> doing this, she's doing this, she's doing this. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, I am. Thank you. So you've given me so much. You've given both my businesses so much guidance. You're I can't recommend your business experience more. I haven't done your signature, but I will. Um, (laughs) I feel like you just get the signature experience every day throughout. Every day. (laughs) Thank God. We've got a good exchange. This is our money exchange. (laughs) Yes, we do. Oh, oh, Molly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you um, Mm -hmm. for 
chatting to me officially. I feel like all our conversations could be podcasts, but um, this one we'll uh we'll set we'll set into the ether and see if our um if our rambles resonate with anyone other than us <laughs> everything in life comes back to service and it's about sharing what we learn and hoping that we can help the the collective in any way to to raise our consciousness and to become better people cuz like the world needs more fucking good people and we all are innately good. So uh, it's just been so nice having a formal chat with you. Steve. Yes. We yes. Can do more. A hundred percent. I love you. Thank you. And um, I will talk to you in five seconds after five minutes? recording. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, love I love you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave me a review and share it with your friends and family. If you'd like to connect with me, please find me on Instagram at energia with four underscores or jump on my website, www.theenergiaexperience.com.au. I cannot wait to see you next time. I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land, and pay my respects to the elders, both past and present.